Well, hello everyone. This is Jesse here from Scone Anglican Parish. It is Good Friday today, the day which fills us with great hope because Jesus has died on the cross for our sin to give us new life. And we celebrate that day. That's why we call it Good Friday. I'll be calling it Delightful Friday today because it indeed fills us with delight. So if you're in isolation right now, listening to this um, sermon, may you be filled with confidence knowing the extent of Christ's love for you, the fact that he died for you to give you life. Well, today, friends, we're going to be looking at Psalm 22. So I'm going to read Psalm 22 for us. The psalmist says this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out day by the day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted you and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm, and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan circle me, roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men has encircled me, and they have pierced my hands and my feet. I can't count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the congregation I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to the cry, his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise. In the great assembly, before those who fear you, will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied, for they seek the Lord and will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth 
will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. For he has done it. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Before we open up the scriptures, well, sorry, before I expound upon the scriptures, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this rich psalm that points to the cross of Christ. As we reflect upon this psalm, may the gospel ignite our heart, transforming us to consider the transforming work of Christ which occurred on that cross. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Well, friends, living on the edge of death is an unavoidable aspect of our humanity. Throughout our lives, we escape serious accidents on the road, overcome vicious diseases that try to bring us down, and struggle through the distress of hopelessness. Even contemplating suicide. Throughout my life alone, I've experienced the edge of death. I've been knocked into the ocean while rock fishing, almost hitting my head on the rocks. I've sliced my neck on a barbed wire fence while crashing a motorbike. I've hit my head on rocks while surfing the waves. I could have been concussed. Death is close, an ever-present reality for us all. Death is like a dark guest, often hidden in the shadows. Therefore, it's unexpected when it arrives. We all live on the edge of death. And while the edge is like a murky shadow that follows us, I pray that you'll even so walk in delight. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death in this life, we must be reassured as God's people. The goodness and love of God will follow us all the days of our life. This goodness and love is proven through a historical moment. A perfect shepherd has stood on our edge of death to give us eternal life. We no longer need to fear the edge of death. For Christ died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God. 1 Peter 3.18 This historical moment is coined Good Friday, the day of our unceasing delight. And to deepen our understanding of this delightful Friday, we're going to explore Psalm 22, the Psalm of the Cross as people have known it. Psalm 22 is the song of our dying shepherd. Crying out to the Father from the edge of death, the cross of Calvary. And while the psalm has relevance for the author, King David, it is nevertheless pointing to the suffering of another king called Jesus. 
But the psalm begins with a cry before the Father and continues with a vivid description of the crucifixion. The psalm then ends in celebration. The cry of the sermon was heard. Jesus did not die in despair. His work of salvation was completed. The people will now delight in him. They will declare alongside God he has done it and make this message known to all the generations. The five movements in the psalm are seen in the structure. In verses 1 to 2, we see a cry of despair. Verses 3 to 11, we see God's past care. And then in verses 12 to 18, we see the edge of death. Verses 19 to 21, God's present care. And verses 22 to 31, a cry of delight. And in order to experience the richness of the psalm, the sermon will follow this structure a structure that will seek to fill us with a delight. Because as we see at the end of the psalm, the whole creation sings and praises God with delight because of the work of this suffering servant. And so the psalm begins with a cry of despair. Psalm 22 verses 1 to 8 is the most horrifying section of the composition. The suffering king cries out to God, believing that he has been forsaken, completely abandoned. There is silence. No response is heard. The experience of God's absence is real. The pain of Jesus is audible. The silence the Father of the silence the Father causes the Son to experience severe restlessness. The image of Jesus is penetrating, groaning from the cross with agony. And bearing the weight of our sin on this cross, Jesus is a man scorned by everyone and despised by the people. The dogs around him mock him. Let the Lord rescue him since he delights in him. On the edge of death, in a moment of sheer darkness, Jesus suffered the horrifying reality of a soul that was lost in sin. This is the essence of this work of salvation, James Boyce said. Jesus bearing our hell in order that we might share his heaven. And even though it was God's holiness, his hatred of sin that led Jesus to experience hell on earth, it was also God's deliverance, his love for us, that sustained his son on that rugged cross. A memory of the Father's past faithfulness was the support Jesus needed. And even as a fragile baby born from the womb of Mary, the Father faithfully protected him from the cans of King Herod. Matthew 2.13 When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Jesus knew the deep security of life with the Father. Yet the loneliness of Golgotha, the cross, the abandonment he experienced, was nonetheless excruciating for a human being to experience. As the psalmist said, 
Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. God, I need you in this time. I'm desperate for you to be close to me. And knowing the desperation of Christ, we now come into the darkest moment of the psalm, the edge of death itself. It's a terrifying reality. Yet, through these words of verses 12 to 18, we experience experience the extent of Christ's love for us. These words here are words of physical and emotional exhaustion. Like the summers, Christ was drained. Water poured out of him. He was in agony. His bones were separated. His heart was troubled. It had turned to wax and melted within him. His mouth was dried up. He was desperate for relief. John 19.28 Jesus, knowing that it all was now finished, said, I thirst. So the Roman soldiers put a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. Unquote. Then laying in the death dust of death, pierced to a Roman cross. The edge of life was but a breath away. Jesus experienced the full weight of forsakenness, his obedience to death, even death on a cross. That's why the author of John's Gospel, John, said, and he had known that it was finished. And with his final breath just seconds away, The faith of Christ is magnified, confirming his identity as the perfect son. Let me read these verses, verse 19 and 21. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. Even in utter hopelessness, the terrible isolation of the cross, his faith, the faith of Jesus Christ, remained deeper than his present pain. The cry for help, deliverance and rescue reveals his absolute commitment to the Father and by extension us. And even though the Father is silent, Christ believes that he has been heard. The verb translated save me literally means you have heard me. These are the words of one who triumphantly died on the cross. Therefore, it's no surprise that Jesus said, astonishingly, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, Luke 23:46, and it is finished, John 19:30. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit, John 19:30. Christ's allegiance to his Father was undeniable. He trusted in the Father, even in his forsakenness on a Roman cross, knowing that even though God wasn't speaking to him, God was listening. And with a shout of praise, the eternal song instantly begins in verses 22 to 31 of Psalm 22. Oh, what a delightful Friday. God the Father was beside his Son, 
the whole time. This was not only a horrifying event for the father, seeing his son suffer while he remains silent, but unveils the radical depth of his love for us. The death of Christ brought forth new life. God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5.21 Christ died on our behalf so that we too can be embraced by the Holy God. Christ experienced our hell so that through this horrifying experience we can now enjoy the joys of eternity with the Father. It's therefore no wonder the creation sings with delight. Therefore let us today on Good Friday, Delightful Friday, acclaim God for this miraculous invention, intervention. Sorry, He has rescued us from sin. May we praise the Lord with delight. May we sing with all the creatures of heaven, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. May we know the message of Delightful Friday, and may this message that we know come through our lips as we praise. May we make known the unsearchable riches of the gospel and make it known to future generations. May we proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. May we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, of him dying on the Roman cross for us to give us brand new life, salvation, the forgiveness from sins. And as seen in the psalm, our great delight in the work of Christ should lead to a new initiative, worldwide mission. Worldwide mission is sacrificing the comforts and securities of home for the unreached peoples of the world. Worldwide mission is the Christian duty of making known the good news of Jesus to future generations. Worldwide mission is our obedience to Christ on display. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. This mission takes us to the fringes of society, to the darkest alleys, and into the most broken neighborhoods. This mission causes us to open our Bibles with children and grandchildren, teaching them the essentials of the new life with Christ. This mission is fueled by self-sacrifice and an unshakable delight in our salvation. While there are treasures in our world to enjoy, sport, food, clothing and films, the missionary declares, we live to enlarge our delight in Christ by extending our joy in Him to others. For such Christians proclaim the great incentive for throwing our lives into the cause of mission is the ten thousand percent return on the investment while the world looks at us and declares what foolishness he has wasted his life god looks at us and proclaims he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose when we delight in the mission of god all our service will be sweet to ourselves and acceptable to god as richard baxter once said then when we enter the throne room of heaven God will declare, Well done, my good and faithful servant. In fact, he'll hunger to he we will hunger to hear these words from the lips 
of our Creator. And while we are all housebound in this time, I encourage you to reflect upon this mission of sharing the news of Delightful Friday. Consider writing a letter to your unchurched friends with a word of gospel truth scattered throughout it. Consider calling someone dear to your heart, looking for opportunities to speak the gospel into their situation. Consider praying for the ministry of others, asking God to make their conversations always full of grace, seasoned with salt. Whoever you are, or whatever God has placed before you, there are no limitations to delighting in the worldwide mission of Jesus as people who enjoy the eternal fruit of of Delightful Friday. Let me say that again. Whoever we are, or wherever God has placed us, there are no limitations to delighting in the worldwide mission of Christ as people who enjoy the eternal fruit of Delightful Friday. Let me pray. Blessed God, you are the great fountain of being and of happiness. Just as my being came from you, so my happiness flows directly from you. And the nearer I am to you, the pure and more delicious the stream is. The great object of my final hope is to dwell forever with you. Give me now a foretaste of that delight. Help me to experience the blessedness of one who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in the commandments of the Lord. Help me to renew my dedication to you each morning through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, and from Him receive new supplies of your blessed Spirit, whose influence is the life of my soul. With that preparation, Lord, lead me by the hand into the day. Help me to be, be able to abide with you in what you have called me to do. Not being slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And to him be the glory forever and ever, the Lord of our salvation, we, we pray. Amen.